after Michael was done praying, I false started. I was on my way to the front. He started singing again. I had to backtrack just a little bit. Welcome to week two of our series entitled Florida Man. We are um, kind of going to the extremes. Uh, we started and uh, we finished a series called Genius. We were talking about how to unleash the genius within you. And now we're going to the other extreme. We're talking about how not to be the Florida man. Uh, but what we're really talking about is wisdom. And how do we have the wisdom to live out the genius life that we were called to live? And so they kind of go together. As we do that, we're looking at a variety of things. We're seeing some things. We're talking about real, real events that have happened uh, in the news that you can find out about Florida man. And, um, and so we're, we're exploring just a little bit. Now, I will also tell you that there is a reason that Florida Man is so popular or is so easy to find, and we're going to get to that the last week. I told you we'd do that. But I also wanted to address an issue because some of you emailed me this week. Some of you emailed me and said you appreciated how much I exposed Florida Man and for what he is and who he is. And, and here, so I lovingly say back to you, there also is such a thing as Florida Woman. Now, I know you ladies will have a hard time believing that. But in all fairness, today, you'll get to meet Florida woman because I, I want to be an equal opportunity offender. And so <laughs> we'll do that. But today, we continue our series, um, and you can title this when you don't shovel sunshine. You don't shovel sunshine. And we're going to go to the book of Job, or as they say in the Deep South, Job. Chapter 28, verses 12 through 13. So... Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Job, find that particular passage, Job 28, we'll look at verse 12 in just a few minutes. But in case you don't remember, don't know, or you're not familiar with Florida Man, Florida Man is that description of folks who just do things that just aren't real bright in any given moment. And so we're trying to highlight some of those for you. And we'll begin by looking at the screen. What makes a man? Florida Man. Florida Man. Florida Man. Florida Man. Florida Man. Florida Man. First thing I did was some heavy back-channeling, mostly on Craigslist and Facebook. I needed to locate some of these real-life Florida men. First up was Robbie. Last July, he ran into a liquor store with a live alligator for some reason. Florida man Robbie Stratton decided to bring an alligator with him while making a beer run. Yeah, I definitely regret it. It was, it was stupid. Talk to me about the night that you became Florida man. Can't really tell you much about that night. There's too much alcohol involved that night. Not just alcohol, though. It's a, there's probably a deep-rooted conspiracy. No, it was alcohol. What was it about Florida that made you do what you did? It was hot. It was humid. The heat makes you do crazy things. The heat makes you do crazy things. Alcohol makes you do crazy things. But isn't there something that all Florida men share? There's something behind it. Mental health issues? <laughs> no, that couldn't be it. And this wasn't the only man affected. There's a pattern that begins to emerge, no doubt about it. But as we think today about wisdom, we, um, we need wisdom. We all need wisdom. And wisdom becomes essential for us if we're ever going to live this life that we were created to live. And so with that in mind, we're going to kind of take a, a, a deep dig, if you will, into Scripture today. And we're going to see if we can um, turn up a shovel or two that is rich in wisdom, and would be helpful for us uh, along the way. Now, 
if I were to say to you, do you know some wise people? You would say, yes, I do. Uh, and hopefully uh, you go to them when you're trying to make good choices. I know I have in my life people that I consider to be wise that I will talk about things with, get their opinions. That's important. Nothing wrong with that. But here's what you have to know. And we have to say this at the front end. People are tragically broken and horribly flawed. Even the wisest people you know, they're not perfect. And so if we're going to learn to go to a well to find wisdom, we have to tie back into what we talked about last week. We have to learn to connect to God and his word and use that for our source of truth, and then we build off that. So when you're looking for wisdom, certainly seek out wise counsel. That's important. But make sure that counsel is wise enough to be connected and staying connected to God. Then what you have at that moment is a wise opinion that is based on faith that you might want to factor into your decision. Doesn't mean you have to do it. I don't know anybody that's always right. I know people who are right a lot. But I don't know anybody that's right all the time. Which means that there's wisdom that we always can have, always need. And so, with that in mind, we're going to jump in and keep kind of moving through this passage. Because in verse 12, in the book of Job, it says this. But where can, God, can, where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? No mortal comprehends its worth. It can't be found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me. The sea says, it is not in me. It cannot be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed out in silver. It cannot be bought with the gold of Ophir, precious onyx, or lapis lazuli. Neither gold nor crystal can compare with it, nor can it be had for jewels of gold. Coral and jasper are not worthy of mention. The price of wisdom is beyond rubies. The topaz of Cush cannot compare with it. It can't be bought with pure gold. Where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the sky. Destruction and death say only a rumor of it has reached our ears. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. Verse 20 is a powerful verse. Where then does wisdom come from? Where then does understanding dwell? We're going to talk about that, but before we do, bow your heads and hearts, and let's pray together. God, we're thankful that you are a God who knows us, who loves us, who engages us, who wants us to know you. And Heavenly Father, we come to a passage of Scripture where we realize or we're reminded that in you we have sources of things, real things that we can't find anywhere else. Power, strength, an understanding, a wisdom, peace, hope, a future, an eternity. Those can't be found in all the places that the world seems to look for them. But today, Lord, we hone in a little bit on this idea of wisdom. It seems like a silly prayer as we talk about wisdom to make us wise. Make us wise enough to hear what we need to hear. Make us wise enough to do something with what we hear. Make us wise enough to be wise. And although it sounds like we're praying in circles just a little bit, the reality is we all need it. And it's there. 
It's ours for the taking because you offer it to us. And so God, help us this day to take another step forward in our journey of faith and discover a little bit more of what it means to be wise. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at some real-life news articles. This one's no exception. Um, happened a few years ago. Uh, the headline reads as follows. Florida couple arrested for selling tickets to heaven. <laughs> a couple in Florida, Tito and Amanda Watts, were arrested a few days ago for selling golden tickets to heaven to hundreds of people. The tickets sold on the street for $99.99 per ticket. They told the buyers that the tickets were made from solid gold and that each ticket reserved the buyer a spot in heaven. Simply present the ticket at the pearly gates and you're in. The Watts said in his, police, in his police statement, and I quote, I don't care what you police say. The tickets are solid gold. And it was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC. <laughs> and told me to sell them so I could get me some money to go to outer space. I met an alien named Stevie who said if I got the cash together, he would take me and my wife on his flying saucer to his planet that is made entirely of drugs. You should arrest Jesus because he is the one that gave me the golden ticket and I am more than willing to wa wear a wire and set Jesus up. In her police statement, Amanda Watts said, we just wanted to leave Earth and go to space and do drugs. I didn't do anything. Tito sold the golden tickets to heaven. I just watched. Uh, police, it was reported, confiscated over $10,000 in cash. <laughs> Some drug paraphernalia. No kidding. <laughs> and a baby alligator. There are always alligators involved with Florida, man. You understand that, right? I mean, it is like alligator opens the door to insanity behind it. I want you to know, just in case you're wondering, just in case you're watching online, we're selling those golden tickets for $59.99, and you can get them through our website, available right now. I'm not selling those. I didn't know how you, you know, there's a whole lot I could say there, but I won't. But anyway, Florida man and Florida woman now are in action. And we live in a world where that kind of thinking, those kind of people are out there. Some of them were here at 9 o'clock this morning for church. <laughs> and I mean, and I think that in our life, in our world, we have to learn that we're going to be better off if we can tap into the genius where we're created to be. But to get there, we've got to be wise. So this morning is about how do we take another step toward that? There are a couple things I want you to see. Job talks about them. He, he tells us some things that we need not do and then some things that we do need to do. And so we're going to look at that uh, along the way. Along the way also, I'm going to give you some Florida Man Rescues again. I think number three, four, and five this week. We gave you two last week. And then a couple bonuses we'll get there in a minute. All right? First thing I want you to see is simply this. Refuse to join any club that would have you as a member. <laughs> Refuse to join any club that would have you as a member. Why? Because I... I know what they're getting when they get me, right? I know what they're getting when they get you. Refuse to join that club. It can't be a good club. The Bible says it this way, verse 12. Where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? 
nor mortal comprehends its worth. It cannot be found in the land of the living. In other words, wisdom can't be found in the land of the living. In other words, none of us are that good. Some of you looked in the mirror this morning and thought, God, why me? Why'd you choose me? Some people you know think the same thing. I think the same thing about myself. God, why me? Because at the end of the day, we all know that we don't have it all together, and we're not all wise, and we're not all knowing. And Job is talking to us now about the source of wisdom. And in verse 13, he makes it very, very clear that wisdom is not found among the living. That means you, most of you, and me. Wisdom is not within us on our own. And so unless we make the conscious choice, unless we're making that decision to tap into the source of wisdom, we just can't produce it on our own. And so the bonus I want to give you is I want to give you a St. Jeff proverb. This is from the book of Jeff. I told Ian Fallis gave me a book a few years ago, I, and it was entitled The Wisdom of Jeff. Had my picture on the cover, had a nice little write-up on the back. He opened the book up. It's completely blank, as you might expect. So I'm determined now to fill that book. And so in calling myself a saint, it's not that I really have an elevated view of myself. Uh, I, I, I'm not comparing myself to other people. Um, but I also know that as a follower of God, you know, I am now set apart. I'm on route to being a saint. So I'm just kind of jumping the gun just a little bit. So this is, this is wisdom from a book yet to be written called The Quasi-Gospel According to St. Jeff. You can buy it later. I'll, I'll publish it somewhere. But it's simply this. Light travels faster than sound. That's why some people appear to be bright until you hear them speak. Light travels faster than sound. That's why some people appear to be bright until you hear them speak. You guys all know who I'm talking about, don't you? We've all met people that you thought, you know what, they got a lot on the ball. And then they open their mouth and they go, woo, they all deflated. We live in a world where there are constantly people telling us what to think, what to believe, what to do, how to act. And, and we, we choose, we pick and choose who those sources are going to be. And yet in Romans, Paul tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it began in the Garden of Eden. From the very first moment, we were infected with this disease called sin. And that sin puts a wedge between us and God, puts a wedge between us and the life that we were called and created to live. It puts a wedge between us and all those things that would get us to where we want to go. And it is only until we decide to reach back across and take God at his word, at his invitation, and bridge that gap, that we have a shot of wisdom. So here's what I'm saying to you, and hear me very carefully. If you're hearing and getting your wisdom from someone who doesn't have a relationship to Jesus Christ, you've gone to a very bad, wrong source. Don't do it. And yet, how many of us find ourselves over and over again trying to draw wisdom from places that we just shouldn't? Another Florida man file right here. Headline reads, crack smoking Florida man drinks Capri Sun to rehydrate during police chase. Palm Beach. Palm Beach Gardens, actually, is where this happened. It says, a Florida man jumped in his car and sped away after police showed up at his home to execute a search warrant. He peeled out through his backyard, through his neighbor's chain-link fences, and continued to flee on foot after crashing the car. 
A neighborhood-wide police search involving helicopters, a canine unit, and several additional officers ensued. The suspect stopped to rest in an unoccupied house down the street. He changed into a clean shirt that he found in the residence. He pulled several bags with jewelry and other valuables that he found in the home. And before continuing to flee, he took three Capri Sun juice pouches out of the refrigerator, drank them on the porch before leaving. He was thirsty, he later told deputies, because he'd smoked crack cocaine all day. And he was dehydrated. As the chase continued, the suspect continued hopping through the fences, ripping a hole in the bag, and leaving the trail of jewelry behind him. He then broke into another home, asked the home homeowner for another glass of water. The homeowner gave him a glass of water, tipped off police, and nearly two and a half hours after the chase began, the suspect was apprehended while in the police car. He was caught trying to use a paper clip with a bent tip in the handcuffs to free himself. Before going to the Palm Beach County Jail, he had to be transported to the hospital to be treated for dehydration, according to deputies. Three complete sons and water, and he's still dehydrated. How dumb is that? And it's only dumb, and it's only a Florida man story until you put it in perspective. You ready? How many people who call themselves followers of God are living spiritually dehydrated lives because they refuse to tap into the living water of God's word? Ooh. Now who's the Florida man and woman, huh? Uh-huh. See, we have the source to stay hydrated as followers. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you drank freely from that source this week? And so here's the summation I would make. And this is a little bit raw and a little bit brutal. If you're a follower of God and you're not tapping into God's word, crackheads are smarter than you are. Because they know they need to stay hydrated. At least this one did. And there's no excuse. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no namby-pamming around it. There's no saying, well, I listened on my app. If you did, then you don't feel guilty. But for us, we have a responsibility to go to the place, to go to the source, to find what it is that we need to find to make us who we were supposed to be. So let me give you um, what would be Florida Man Rescue number three. I've used this before. It's simple. Work will win when wishing won't. Work will win when wishing won't. In other words, you've got to do the work. You don't get closer to God just by sitting there and saying, God, just made me close to you. He can do that if he wants to, but realistically, he's given you what you need to do to get close to him. And if you don't want to do that, then you're asking God to come up with a better plan for you because you're special. But he's invited you to pray. He's invited you to know him through his word. He's invited to connect with him via worship and, and, and being part of the body of Christ. He's given you a lot of opportunities. Do you take advantage of those opportunities? Because none of them happen unless you're willing to roll up your sleeves and do the work. A lot of people don't grow because they don't do the work. A lot of people never make it because they don't like the grind. And a lot of people think, well, I shouldn't have to do it that way. I shouldn't have to work. There should be no grind to it. Well, I got news for you. That's the way life works. Just because you're a follower of God doesn't exempt you from this thing called life. And so you have to make a decision. Are you going to do what you know to do? Matter of fact, as Job is writing these words, Interestingly enough, earlier in the book of Job, God himself calls Job the finest man in all of the earth. 
And even though Job is the finest man in all the earth, God has allowed Satan to take nearly everything from Job, which prompts this conversation that Job is having about wisdom. And if Job is the finest man in all the earth, and he's making these bold declarations about where you go for wisdom and how you connect, where does that leave you and me? See, we have at our disposal the resources that we need to become the people that we need to become. And so if we're not, whose fault is that? And so what I said earlier, and I know sure it offended some of you, that, you know, if you're a follower that's not taking advantage of all the resources God gives you, then you're not smarter than a crackhead, but that's really what we just said. And there's a need that we have to make sure that we get it right. And so, yes, you go to people, and yes, you go to those who you think are wise, but you always need to make sure that they're connected to the people of God, but also recognize that you don't know if they're being godly or not unless you're connected to God. Because, see, we like to pick and choose what we want to believe. That's the first thing. Second thing I want you to see in the passage is this. Common sense is like deodorant. The people who need it most never use it. Common sense is like deodorant. The people who need it most never use it. Wisdom is not something that is easily found that can be purchased. Look at verse 15. It can't be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed out in silver. It can't be bought with the gold of Ophir, with precious onyx or lapis lazuli. Neither gold nor crystal can compare with it, nor can it be had for jewels of gold. Coral and jasper are not worthy of mention. The price of wisdom is beyond rubies. The topaz of Kush cannot compare with it. It cannot be bought with pure gold. Job is now talking about the value, how valuable wisdom is. And he rattles off the list of all the things that people want, all the things that people think they want, all the things that people need. And he says, no matter what it is, no matter how valuable it is, it's not more valuable than wisdom. And this is from a guy who's had it all and lost it all. You have to remember the source. So let me give you a Florida Man Rescue number four. This will be the fourth in our ever-growing list. By the time we're done, you may have as many as 20. Not today in this series. Here's the rescue point. Don't let your happiness depend on something you can lose. Don't let your happiness depend on something you can lose. See, if you're building your life on anything or anyone other than God, all that can disappear in a moment. Job discovered that. So if you're looking to build your life and be happy, with something that you can lose quickly? Bad choice, not wise. You can change that word, though. If you're trying to find your self-worth on something that you can be taken away from you. If you're trying to find your value. Anything you want to fill in that gap with works. If it can be taken from you, there is a possibility that you could lose it. And it could be gone. In many ways, our world today would love to have wisdom, but what they won't do is they won't connect to the source of wisdom, which is God. And we are guilty of picking and choosing what we like, but you can't buy wisdom at the clearance rack at the Walmart. 
You're not going to be able to find it on Amazon anywhere. Oh, you can type in wisdom and come up with something neat on a coffee cup or some kind of saying on a t-shirt. That's fine. But a saying doesn't give you wisdom. You're not able to go out and buy this. This is something that you have to go to the source for. And so let me give you another St. Jeff proverb. This is the last one for the day, I promise. Simply this, be responsible for what you say. Don't take responsibility for what someone understands. Be responsible for what you say. Don't take responsibility for what someone understands. See, because we live in a world that would love to shortcut the process of what it means to know God. We live in a world that wants to shortcut the process and pick and choose and cherry pick what they want out of God's word. And as a result, we are called to step into that world and offer truth. Truth. And that's our job. It's not your job whether someone gets it. It's your job to offer it. And it's your job to make sure that you're offering truth. Because see, our world will take just a little bit of truth and bend and twist it. That's Satan's playground. He's the father of lies and a little bit of truth. And we live in a culture that wants to spiritualize everything. And we live in a spiritual world where people say, well, if you just love Jesus, that's enough. Yeah, that's a good starting point. That's really good news. What are you going to do with Jesus? Because even this past week, I've gotten emails and I've gotten notes from people that have basically told me, you know what, if I were preaching a real gospel, I would be smart enough to know that Jesus, if you really love Jesus, he's invited you into a special social group or a special social category. If you love Jesus, it's okay if you want to change your pronouns. If you love Jesus, you can change whatever letters you want behind your name. And I want you to know, they're picking and choosing what they want to believe. Jesus came to love you just as you are so you could be who you want, who he wants you to be. You don't get to choose then who you want to be if you're a follower of God because you're making a choice to be what he created you to be. That's what lordship means. That's what discipleship means. That's what becoming a follower means. And so if anybody's telling you anything different, they're trying to get you to buy into a gospel is any different, they are liars. And they're trying to suck you in and make you feel guilty because you won't bless whatever bad choices they're making. You don't have to. You don't have to be judgmental. You have to speak truth. And you have to be wise enough to know the truth. And when you're wise enough to know the truth and you speak the truth, then you can say it. And whether they get it or not, that is not your responsibility. Because here's what I learned a long time ago about following God. And it probably is the reason I still can pastor today. Because I guarantee you, there have been times, not on purpose, but there have been times I've said something to you that was wrong. Now, I don't know what it was, I know. And we, let's not run that in the loop, just so you guys know. I don't know what it was that said it was wrong, but I'm sure I've said something that's wrong. But here's what I know. My intent is always to tell you the truth. And the Holy Spirit cares a lot more about you than I do. And the Holy Spirit wants you to get where you need to be a lot more than I want you to. And so my job is just to do my job. Be honest. Tell the truth. And trust that the Holy Spirit's going to do something with that. And trust that the hearers are going to want to love God and follow His Spirit more than they want to 
satisfy anyone else. It makes my role a lot simpler. Doesn't mean I don't have to be good or studied. Doesn't mean I don't have to be wise. Doesn't have to be smart because I'm accountable for that before God. And then you're accountable for what you do with it. And so we're kind of linked here. It's a two-way street. So if I do a better job, you, you could be better. And if you're a better follower, I'll be a better preacher. Have someone ask me one time, you know, you really could be a better preacher. I said, you could be a better follower. So I'll make you a deal. If you're a better follower, I'll be a better preacher. They left the church after that. So I guess I still think I stink. But at the end of the day, truth matters, and what we do with truth really does count. There's a little doozy that happened in July of 2016. The headline reads, Florida man dances on patrol car roof to save children from vampires. This is the kind of article that catches my attention. Happened in Lee County, Florida. Florida man was caught on surveillance video crashing his car into the bumper of a marked police cruiser parked at a private residence. The 44-year-old Cape Coral man then climbed on the roof of the patrol car and danced for six minutes to Holland Oates, rich girl, <laughs> and super tramps goodbye stranger. When he finished, he ripped off a windshield wiper, tossed it away, and returned with an American flag that he stole from a neighbor's yard. The convicted offender then wandered around a bit more before deputies arrived and arrested him. While, be ta while being taken into custody, the man is heard saying and singing on video an encore from the musical Grease. When asked why he did what he did, his explanation was as follows, and I quote, A woman with fangs was threatening him, and a human sacrifice was about to occur involving vampires. He was just doing his part to help. He was charged with criminal, criminal mischief, you think? And disturbing the peace, at the time the article was written, he was waiting trial. Uh, common sense is not common. And to people who don't have it, it makes no sense. You got that, right? So if you ever find yourself sitting around going, I wish somebody had some common sense. You're waiting for a little fairies to fly by or something to drop pixie dust on you because common sense doesn't exist. It's not common. And most people don't have it, and most people don't have it for one reason, because they don't know where to get it. Because where do you get it? From the source. As I said to you before, I'll say it to you again. If you're drawing from a source that doesn't know Jesus, you're drawing from a source that doesn't have access to wisdom. Is that clear? Is that painful? And is that true? And then you have to decide how you're going to live your life because of that. Which brings me, well, you know what? Let's open the video file again. Um, see, Florida Man is everywhere. Everywhere. And some of you were good enough to send me some clips to Florida Man this week. Huh. You go, man. Pickup truck, no problem. These are Miami problems.
Now, if that were me, not in the car, but following that car, I'd go to where they were going. I'd follow them to where they stopped. One, I want to see how they get it down. I want to see if they make it. And I also would like to ask the question, what prompted you to think this was a good idea? You ever heard the old Jerry Seinfeld bit where you put a mattress on the top of your car, but you know it's not going to fall off because you have your arm out the window holding it? Because your arm can stop it? That is dumb. Which brings me to the last thing about wisdom that you need to know from this particular passage. It will help us all. And it's simply to remember this. The world is composed of protons, neutrons, and miscellaneous morons. The world is composed of protons, neutrons, and miscellaneous morons. Go back to verse 20. Where where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It's hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the sky. Destruction and death say only a rumor of it has reached our ears. God understands the way to it. And he alone knows where it dwells. It helps us to understand the world that we live in. Job says in the last verse, God alone understands the way to wisdom. He knows where it can be found. It emphasizes what we've been saying. Only God can understand how to have it. Only God understands the source. Only God is the source. Only God can get you where you need to be to have wisdom. Because we live in a world that is put together and comprised of all sorts of weirdness and wackiness. And you see it everywhere around you. You can't change that. But what you can change is the way that you view the world and how it works. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I said earlier, people like to cherry pick scripture. If you're one that likes to cherry pick it, you read this passage and you read it on a Christian t-shirt somewhere or a coffee mug or a wall plaque and you think, man, God, wow, God's like going to Vegas. All I need to do is sit down and ask to help me win and I'm going to win. He said, ask anything. And you know what? You can ask for anything. You're allowed to. Jesus invites you to ask for anything. Matter of fact, last night I went to sleep. As I lay down to go to sleep, I prayed with all of my heart, all of, all of my heart. God, I ask in the name of Jesus for a Krispy Kreme donut machine. I prayed in faith, believing that this morning I would get up and that Krispy Kreme donut machine would be there. And wouldn't you like to have one? I mean, that big silver beef sitting there in the living room, plugged in, you could lay on it, ride down it, go under that, that waterfall of glaze, Amazing would that be? Tim uh, Hawkins says this way that eating a Krispy Kreme donut, hot Krispy Kreme donut, is like eating a baby angel. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds good, doesn't it? What's that taste like? It tastes like a baby angel. Sweet, heavenly, unbelievable. I mean, Krispy Kreme donuts, really, in, in the grand creative scheme, on the eighth day, God created Krispy Kreme. And the other thing amazing about Krispy Kreme donuts, when they're hot, you can eat a lot more of them than you can a cold Dunkin' Donut glazed donut. Now later, they're going to swell up, and you're going to feel it. Oh, but what a feeling. 
And I got up this morning with great expectations. I got up this morning just knowing that God had answered my prayer. Why? Because I had prayed in the name of Jesus. I asked for it. Claim it according to Matthew said. Ask and it will be given to you. The televangelist I heard as I was going to sleep, my earbud was saying exactly the same thing. I was on this thing. I was going to walk out this morning. I had, I had claimed it in the name of Jesus and I knew that the Krispy Kreme donut machine was there. And you know what happened when I woke out this morning. When I got up this morning there sitting in front of me was nothing except what was there the night before. I was so depressed, I almost didn't come today. Oh, I could have walked around thinking God failed. I could have thought, well, maybe he didn't hear my prayer. I'll try again tonight, and I might. Or wisdom would indicate that because I belong to God, I do have the opportunity to ask for anything in his name, and he'll give it to me, but he has the wisdom to know if the answer should be no, and he won't give me what I don't need. That's what that verse is talking about. Not whatever I want to have. No, you can't. Remember the miscellaneous morons I was talking about? They think that. See, we as followers have the opportunity to go to a Heavenly Father who knows us so well that He will give us what we need. And wisdom is what helps us to know what to ask for. God has a long list, a laundry list of things that I have asked for that are silly. I can ask anything. But, there are some things that God has already told me in his word if I ask for, boom, chakalaka, I got them. On that list is wisdom. Now I know, read the book of James. If any man wants wisdom, which include women too, ask. You want to be wise? You want to live the life that you were created to live? Ask him. He's not holding back on you. He doesn't want you to miss it. He doesn't want you to get caught up in the craziness. He doesn't want you to end up being a headline on a Florida man or Florida woman somewhere. He wants you to be who you were created to be. Let me give you a Florida man rescue number five, last one of the day. Shuffle past the sludge and sink your shovel into wisdom. There's a lot of stuff in the way. A lot of garbage. It takes effort, it takes a choice, it takes a decision to do your part. And to take and put that shovel into that rich soil of God's wisdom. And when you do, you'll find it. And so the now what is this. You have to make a choice to move beyond the clutter and the junk and stuff. So maybe for you, maybe for you, you need to shovel and dig in just a little bit and spend a little bit more time in prayer. Maybe access that communication that you are entitled to have with God. He wants to hear from you. Maybe I'll talk to him a little bit more this week. And I know some of you are really good about journaling and stuff like that. But I, I want to challenge you to do one thing. If, even if you're not journaling, even if you do journal, do this one thing. Write down something specific that you're asking God for and circle it. And you keep asking for it. And you know what's going to happen? I promise you this is going to happen. One, he's either going to give it to you. Or if you're faithful to pray it based on the wisdom that you have, if you're missing the mark, God's going to take and he's going to redirect and refine that prayer 
and put it on the track that it needs to stay in. And he'll do it. Not because you're praying something magical. Because when you pray, when you're in that conversation with God, you get to a point where as I utter my prayer, God, I want a Krispy Kreme donut machine, I already know the answer to that. No. For all the reasons that you already know, I don't need one. But if I think, God, I, I, I need wisdom. My Heavenly Father is sitting there saying, Jeff, I've been waiting for you to ask. Here's another dose. And it's better than Krispy Kreme. It's tough, but true. Or for some of you, maybe, you need to push that shovel into God's Word just a little bit. Because you push that shovel into God's Word just a little bit, you might make an amazing discovery. You might actually break a water line and find out that that living water just comes pouring into your life and gives you wisdom that you've never had before. And so, here's a challenge for you if you're already good at reading God's Word. Challenge yourself this week to find something in the Bible you've never seen before. Learn something brand new this week. I, I do every week. Not because I'm smart, not because I'm wise, but because God shows me and I keep going back. There's always something new to learn. I'm having a septic system put in my house. It's not a lot of fun. It's a long, gory story, and I don't want to bore you with it, but we're looking forward to flushing our toilets for the first time since before Christmas. A lot of reasons for that. I blame the state of Florida, but neither here nor there. Florida man, Florida woman in charge. <laughs> but as they were putting the, the water line in, I was in a meeting, and I got a call. We put a water line. We've been waiting for the water table to go down to do this. As they dug down, finally got low enough to dig, hit a water line. Nobody could find the cutoff. So I stepped out of my meeting. I said, it's in the southeast corner of the yards. That back behind our little train barn we have back there. I know it's there. The city winter park told me it was there. That's where the water line, that's where the meter is. We can't find it. I said, I can't help you if you can't find it. That's where it is. They told me that's where it is. When I got there, it took four and a half hours of water gushing out into this freshly dug hole, refilling the hole, to have the city of Winter Park not be able to figure out where the meter really was to cut off the water. Which prompted the question, well, how do you read that meter each month? The answer came back, well, we find it electronically. Okay, then find it electronically. Where is it? Well, it ends up, it's in the middle of the yard. A bizarre place for a meter. Four and a, half four and a half hours later, the water was cut off. Needless to say, it filled up the hole, pushed everything back just a little bit. Made me happy. But I want you to understand something. If you don't know where the source is to turn it on and off, how are you ever going to find water? How can you ever unleash into your life what needs to be there? How can you ever discover what you need to know? It's God's Word allows 
people like me and you to have the freedom to reach in and turn that spigot and know that when we do, there is a source that comes where we can discover the wisdom that he promised. And if we let it run, it will just overflow into our lives. If you don't, well, not a whole lot to say about that, is there? Let's pray. God, we desperately need to be wise. And it seems like it should be a no-brainer. And it is to wise people. But Lord, we live in a world where wisdom, although talked about, is not that valuable to people because we're not willing to do what we need to do to find it. My prayer for each person in this room is that we would be willing to spend time connected to you, connected to your word, so that we would have in our lives the ability to discern, to see, to understand with insight things that are happening around us. That we'd be willing to speak truth into a world that doesn't value truth that much. That we would be willing to be the people that would change the world. Or for some, they've never made the decision to follow Jesus and so today is their day. They're here in this room and they've never made the decision to follow Jesus. Before they leave, I pray that they would simply give us an opportunity to talk with them about that. Share with us. Um, on a response page on a worship flyer, they can drop in the giving kiosk. They can ask us on the way out the door. If they're watching online, they can send us an email. Say, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to get that part right. It will be the wisest decision I'll ever make. But then for those of us who follow, we want to be better at following. We want to get it right. And so God, please help us to tap into that source of wisdom that you so freely offer to us so that we might be who we were created to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.